Marnie Hughes, and this is Missing on News Nation. Each week, we focus on a missing person case from across the country, taking you behind the headlines. Every missing person matters, no matter their background or past, race or circumstances. They're missed by their family, their friends, their community, and sometimes by complete strangers. It's our mission to bring these cases to light with the hope of finding answers and sometimes offering closure. And maybe you can help us solve some of these mysteries too. This is Missing. New age progression photos and new hope for a cold case. Paula and Brandon Wade, after more than two decades, her family still thinking of him as Munchkin. She called him Munchkin, my parents called him Munchkin. When he was first born, he was just so little and it just stuck, that was the little Munchkin. A little boy with a big love of sports. Oh my goodness, he couldn't get enough of playing ball. It didn't matter what time of day it was, it was, play ball with me. Come on, play ball with me. In 2002, Paula worked at the Sam's Club in Valdosta, Georgia, handling membership. She was always um, looking to help people. She was always a team player. Maria Manning, now an assistant manager, she says Paula offered her the job that changed her life. She saw something in me and wanted to add me to her team. Manning lived in the same apartment complex and often carpooled with Paula and Brandon. And she adored him. She would always have him with her. She was so proud of him. That was her baby. She was proud of him. Paula's husband was military, stationed five hours away at Shaw Air Force Base in South Carolina. Paula made plans to transfer to a new Sam's Club in Orlando near her family. She was very excited to be moving, and we just kept talking about how the cousins were going to get to grow up together. A week before that move, mother and son vanished. Paula was last seen leaving work Saturday, October 12th. On Sunday, she missed a weekly call with her parents and then didn't show up for work Monday morning. I knew immediately that something was up because she always was at work. That's why they immediately reacted because Paula didn't miss work. She was always on time. A supervisor sent someone to check Paula's apartment. Her Chevy Blazer was in the lot, but no sign of Paula or Brandon. No signs of struggle, however, the car was there, her purse was there, um, her glasses. She needs her glasses to see from me to you. Everything was there, the keys, her ID card, everything was still there, except Paul and Brandon, a car seat was also missing. Police searched the complex and wooded areas nearby, followed leads and twice deployed cadaver dogs. They went to uh, other geographical areas based on those tips, searched those areas and did not find anything of evidentiary value. Now, after 21 years, new age progression photos on the FBI website and a new detective going over the case. A front page USA Today article marking Mary's annual trip to Valdosta for the anniversary. The mission is to make sure that they're not forgotten and to make sure that the community knows that they are still missing. To this day, no suspects. Police won't confirm if polygraphs were administered. 
only that they looked into Paula's husband and also questioned a male college student Paula had taken on as a roommate to help pay the bills. They have given us the, the information that we were asking for and that they did cooperate with the interviews, yes. For Paula's sister, the wait goes on. We just want to know where Paula and Brandon are. We just want answers. And hopefully somebody sees your segment and they go, I know something, let me call in. Now, it's your opportunity to get involved. During our After the Show, we share the extended interviews and your questions, all in an effort to bring the missing home. Joining us now, Paula's sister, Mary Ramsbottom. Mary, thank you so much for being with us. I think about your visits back to Valdosta every single year uh, for 20 years now. As you go back there and you think about your sister and your nephew, have you uncovered any new clues that, that provide some trail as you look for answers? It's interesting because throughout the years when we've gone back, and, and I first want to say thank you so much for sharing um, Paul and Brandon and, um, and, and talking with me today. It's so interesting when we go back because it varies from year to year. Some years we go back, we hand out flyers and the majority of people are like, oh, I've never even heard of this. And then like this last year, I had more people tell me, oh my gosh, I remember this. So it's, it's interesting to me that it varies so much every time we go back. Um, and I know it's, it's probably hard for you to wrap your mind around the fact that it's been two decades and you're still searching for your sister and your nephew. What is it like for you to see those images, the age progression photos that the FBI released of what they may look like now? What was very interesting, and, and the detective and I actually talked that day that they were released, because the image of Paula, it looks so much like a photograph that we were, I, I immediately went, the rest of the family immediately went, where did that picture come from? Mm -hmm. um, because it, it does look so much like her. Um, Last year was the first age progression of Paula and I worked with the detectives in National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And it makes sense that throughout the years, you wouldn't um, do an age progression of an adult as often as you would a child because they don't change as much. Um, so we were very grateful that after 20 years, we finally you know, got one done for Paula. Um, and when you see the pictures of Brandon, as we have throughout the years, it's, it's a, a plethora of emotions because you miss them so bad, badly. And by the same token, you don't know if it's exactly what they would look like or even close to what they would look like. By the same token, you're thankful for them because it may trigger somebody's memory or a sighting or something. And we've literally watched Brandon grow up by looking at those age progression pictures from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So we're very grateful for working with them um, 
for all of these years. It's heartbreaking to hear you say that, but it also is hopeful, right? Seeing what he may look like and in this age of technology, that's my hope is that these stories get shared on people's social media pages and then if they're out there, Brandon comes across it and it's like looking in a mirror, they, he might not even know he's missing, right? Um, that's that's exactly. at least the hope. What did being a mom mean to your sister? Everything. It meant everything to her. Brandon is her world. He was from the moment that she was pregnant. Everything meant everything to her. And would do anything for him. And so as we shared in the story, they were planning to move to Florida in part to be closer to you and, and to your kids. Tell me about that time in her life and the excitement around that as you recall. Well, in July of that year, I was actually transferred to Orlando. My parents had just retired to Orlando. And so it's just what we kept talking about. Um, shortly after she got married, uh, her husband was um, sent to Korea with um, where he couldn't bring his dependent with him. Um, it was before Brandon was born. So she came and lived with me and my two children. We were we're just a very, very close family. And so, um, you know, when my kids were so little, she was living with us. And then um, when Brandon was born and, and this opportunity came for her because there wasn't an opportunity for her to transfer to where her husband was stationed at the time. And she really had a good job and she loved her job. So the next best option was then, um, the opportunity came for her to um, open a store in Kissimmee, a new store in Kissimmee. And so it was a great opportunity and you know, icing on the top or, you know, um, sprinkles on the top were that she was going to be able to be close to us and the kids would get to grow up together and, and we would get to be, you know, together again. And looking back now, were there any concerns then about her personal safety, about her and Brandon? Did she share anything with you that had her worried about what was going on in her life? Nothing. There were there were no red flags. She was in the middle of packing up the um, apartment they were living in, going to work, taking care of Brandon. And they were literally supposed to be packing. My parents were going up. Um, her husband was going to be coming down the following week to um, pack up the U-Haul and move her here to Orlando area. Um, there were there were no red flags, but um, you know, just as we go back every year, um, you might hear um, like it was truly divine intervention um, this this past year in talking to people that knew her. And it, it never happened before. It, it's just, it's so strange how things happen. Um, and every little tip that we get, we send into um, the police and, and now also the FBI. Yeah. So, What do you mean by that divine intervention? How did you come across people who, who knew your sister? Well, what was interesting is I was out there with the USA Today as we were handing out flyers and... Um, you you just had her on on your segment. She walked up to me and she said, "I'm so glad you're still out here. I've missed you the other times, and I you know just wanted to tell you 
I knew your sister and she's precious. And it's exactly how we describe Paula. And she talked about how much she loved Brandon and 21 years of going to Valdosta, talking to different coworkers, we had never met before. So I, I, for whatever reason that day, we were meant to meet. Mm. So that's why I say divine intervention. Yeah, well, and it was incredible to hear her words and talk about your sister's exemplary work record, right? That she loved work, that that was part of the reason she knew something was wrong is that on that Monday, she didn't show up to work. In every one of these missing cases, it starts, the investigation does with those close to the person who is missing. So in this case, husband, father, Brandon's father, um, anyone else she was living with or acquainted with. What more do you know or can you share about those interviews um, that police have been able and forthcoming with you? I, I really can't share anything. Um, I We don't know much. Um, we know that um, we were told there were polygraphs that were, were given. So um, there was, um, we were also told that there was not a polygraph um, that was given to the roommate. Um, so, do you know I, anything about this roommate? Did you know of this roommate at the time? Um, we did know of the roommate, and um, her husband knew him and helped move him in, into the apartment. What do you think, Mary? I mean, do you have any theories based on? what you know right now, all these years later? I mean, you, you sort of act as your sister's private investigator in this case. Do you suspect foul play? Marty, I'll tell you, it's hard not to speculate, especially this many years later. And we try not to do that. And I really try just to go off of facts and what we can uncover. What I can tell you is my sister, no doubt in my mind or any, with every fiber of my being, I can tell you, my sister would not go this long without contacting us. 100%. Just like the call she missed on that Sunday evening with my parents, that was something all of us children did we had a set time where we would call, we would catch up. We didn't miss the calls. And like I said, we're a very close family. She wouldn't go this long without contacting us. How has her disappearance, the fact that she and Brandon vanished, impacted your family, become part of the thread of who you all are and how you communicate? How has it changed your life? That's a great question. And then a part about how we communicate. We've always been very communicative, especially because we've all lived in different places at, at random different times. And um, as my kids got older and they know that they're missing, it's ever more so important that if you're going to be late or something happens, that you message and you make sure that you message because it's a... Um, it's like a trigger, if, if you will, when something is supposed to happen and it doesn't. There's an ambiguous loss that you live with and there's no, there's no way around it. When somebody passes, you can grieve them. 
you have a closure. But when somebody just disappears, you're left in this never, never land of wondering and hoping. And our hope and faith is is truly our foundation and what keeps us going. We'll never stop. We will never stop looking. And, you know, we, we just, we, we will never give up. And um, we, we try not to speculate because it can take you down some very dark roads and that's not what we want to do. We want to just work off of the facts that we have and um, turn the tips in because as I said, day one, somebody somewhere knows something and they may not even know that they know the something. And because of you guys and the others that have put their information out there, we can't think Thank you guys enough because this is going to be the way that that the two eyes that need to see it see it. Yeah, and, and I, we just beg them to come forward. And I think Mary of the bond between sisters. I have a sister, and it's something that um, it's hard to even put into words. What do you what do you miss most about Paula being part of your life? She was really like my my live baby doll in the very beginning because I'm 11 years older than her. So, um, you know, she got older and her sharing stuff with me and just those sister secrets are going shopping together. There's just a part of you that it's like you said, you it, there's a bond that you just can't describe. And and I'm the oldest and I have such a strong bond and I'm so thankful for my brother as well. And we just support each other so much. And it's just a piece of you that's missing. Yeah. And until you have the answers, um, you will keep searching. And I so appreciate that. And also not speculating. It's the only thing that you can do. It has to be reassuring to have the FBI now involved to see these age progression photos. Um, how has that changed and evolved your sister ca sister's case and investigation? What are you seeing of uh, the fruits of, of them getting on board? Well, the age progression was first and foremost. And um, with the FBI getting involved, I imagine that they are also taking a look at the case and and diving into it, which ideally and hopefully will will bring, you know, more eyes that might see something that was missed in the very beginning. Um, and there's that other tip line where maybe somebody doesn't feel comfortable calling the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or maybe for whatever reason, they don't feel comfortable calling the Valdosta Police Department they can feel comfortable calling the um, FBI or even going online if they want to remain anonymous. And, you know, and, and that's understandable. Right. Uh, as we mentioned, your sister last seen in 2002 in Valdosta, Georgia. As you've been to that community, what is important to know about that community? Sort of transient, a lot of people coming and going, but what stands out to you? And, and what is your message about people who may travel through that area or did 20 years ago? Well, it looks very different than it did 20 years ago. Um, and to your point earlier, um, you know, 20 years ago, 
Facebook, Facebook didn't exist. Social media didn't really exist. MySpace was just getting started at the end of 2002. Um, but that city in itself has just grown immensely. And even the, the location where her apartment was, um, it, it looks very different. The outside where it says the Gables used to say the commons and that looks the same as it did pretty much in 2002. But as you go into the complex, it looks very, very different. And it's, um, it's showing its wear and tear. Well, the answers are out there, Mary. I hope and I pray that sooner than later, uh, you and your family have the answers you're looking for. And part of it is uh, getting out front and sharing your sister's story. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for you doing that and for giving us some time on this. Thank you so very much. Truly, thank you so very much. And thank you. Missing person matters, no matter their background or past, race or circumstances. It's our mission to bring these cases to light. If you have a case you think we should be looking into, submit it to newsnationnow.com missing. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Marnie Hughes. This is Missing. Missing.